insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander-in-chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his properties. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks, no more before it's too late. That's 914-803-4131. But while we do, at the bottom half of the hour, we're going to have Britt Gandolfi on the show. She is a candidate for Louisiana Senate District 12. Uh, We, during that part, we won't be taking any phone calls. um, But around those times, we may, depending on, you know, if we have time to whatever. Uh, Shouts out to Jolie and Aaron, the mod squad, who are live in the chat. Appreciate y'all for showing up. Uh, always happy to have y'all here. Uh, if you want to support the show, you've always the first thing you can do if you haven't done so already is to subscribe to the channel, uh, YouTube.com/slash/LiberalBandRadio. Like the channel, like the video, like other videos, share videos, comment on videos, help the algorithms. You wouldn't think that Al Gore would have much rhythm, but apparently he does, and you want to help those rhythms out as much as possible. Sup, Silly Wonka, Jeff Curry, P Dubs. Thank you all for joining in as well. Appreciate you. Uh, you could also follow me, social media, Liberal Day and Radio, on TikTok, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook as well. I'm not doing anything streaming on Twitch at the moment, but I do want to make sure to get enough followers over there so that once we hit my goals here, that we can actually hit the ball running and start getting monetized over there as quickly as possible. But, of course, the goal here is getting 1,000 subscribers first and we, I, did, I did get a little nice little bump from 6.30 to about almost 6.90 at this point, but we still got a li- little bit ways to go, about another 312-ish to go to get to, the, to get to that promised land point of 1,000. And once I get to 1,000, you'll get two shows a week. And if you want more Liberal Dan, you got to help me do that. So can't do it myself. Um, this week is going to be I, – I didn't necessarily have a whole bunch of time to plan the normal bits. But if you're a patron and you happen to be paying attention over the last half hour, you'll notice that I did do an extra, an extra special bit. We'll get to that before uh, Britt comes on at the bottom half of the hour. Um, news of the week. Uh, we got Hurricane Ad- Adalia. Is that how, how we're pronouncing it? I, I, because this is like the, what, 18th anniversary of Katrina yesterday and uh, also – anniversary of Ida and 
I was trying to not watch the news as much as possible because it's just a lot of bad memories that come from Katrina, from Ida. I mean, Katrina was much more damaging. Ida was much more problematic in other ways. So, uh, so I've, I've tried to avoid the news today as much as possible. We did get the uh, hearing, uh, the, the ruling from uh, Rudy where, you know, Rudy has tried to, you know, play both sides about his, what he did say, what he didn't say, but the judge basically said, yeah, you know what, you, you, you're censured, you, you, you got the ruling against you, you know, because he stipulated that what he said was false against the two young women were who worked uh, in the Georgia elections, you know, department or whatever. Like, and then he tries to play it off as like, oh, no, this is just, you know, things like Rudy Giuliani loves to talk and, uh, to the public and say one thing and then to the court and say something completely different. And like there was one of the times that I was calling into that Jeff Carrere show and he, like I was, I was trying to explain to one of his callers, one of his moron called regular guests, who's a moron. I, I was trying to explain to him. I was like, Rudy Giuliani you know, yeah, yeah, he said this out in public, but it doesn't matter what he says in public. What matters is what he says in court. And the guy was like, so you're saying that he says different things in public than what he says in court? I'm like, there you, you're catching on. Yes, that's exactly what he does, because if he said what he said in public to the court, he would get in trouble because he would be committing acts of perjury or worse. So, yeah, that, that, that's what happens when you do that. Um, so, and then, of course, uh, you've got all of the people trying to, uh, the George, Trump Georgia prosecutor wants speedy trials done together. And you have people who are pushing, like Sidney Powell pushing for a speedy trial. And then you have, then you have the one with the epic name, <clears throat> the epic name, Kenneth Cheesebro. Good old Ken Cheesebro. And ever since I heard the name Cheesebro, I'm just like, there's got to be something there. there there's got to be something to, to, to there's got to be a bit. There's, there's got to be a bit there that I can do something with because cheese bro is just, it's got to be a thing. It's got to be, it's got to be a thing. Got to be something that I can have fun with besides just, besides just having fun with just the name cheese bro. Hey man, I'm a cheese bro. I'm going to eat the cheese. I'm going to eat all the cheese. I'm going to, I'm going to make all the cheese. I'm a cheese bro. Uh, Tilly Wonka. Well, Rudy was married to his cousin. <laughs> Not even from West Virginia, even. Anywho, so finally, I did come up with an idea for what to do for the bit. And here comes that bit. Well, you dog, Liberal Dan Chopper City is back, and while Trump tries to get away with stealing elections, we got some steals for you. Some try to delay their trials, but others want to get them over as quickly as possible. In honor of them, we invite all you bros down to try one of our brand new choppers. Give them a speed test. 
If you get the fastest speed, you get to bring home a dozen wheels of cheddar. We're calling it the Liberal Band Chopper City Cheese Bro Speedy Trial. And in 2023, anyone can be a bro. Man, women, non-binary, gender non-conforming can all come down and try you a Harley today. Liberal Band Chopper City is a fictional establishment, and we're not really giving away free cheese. Oh, there you go. Liberal, now the, the fifth installment in the f- commercial series for the fake establishment, Liberal Dan Radio, Chopper City. Um, of course, the Blog Talk Radio audio is not the, the, the best in the world, so that audio will also be uploaded tomorrow morning uh, to YouTube uh, if you want to hear it. And it's just the shortness. It, it'll be uploaded tomorrow morning. I'll schedule it probably around 9 o'clock. And also, but if you're a patron, you get to hear it anytime you want to on early on patreon.com slash liberal Dan as well. Um, a cheese bro, a teenager that works at five guys. Nice. So, um, but yeah, I, any, anytime I have an excuse to, to do a liberal Dan chopper city commercial, I got to do the liberal Dan chopper city commercial, especially, you know, and, and, and the thing is, is like the, the, the key to the liberal Dan chopper city that just that just brings them all together is we're always giving away a dozen of something. Always giving away twelve or a dozen or something. Like the first one was a twelve pack of soup fly. This one was a dozen wheel of cheese. The the second one after the Dobbs decision was a twelve was was a twelve pack of wire hangers. You know, a dozen. Wonder, wonder what we're gonna give away. Maybe we'll give away on on the twelfth Liberal Dan Radio Chopper City commercial. We'll have to give away like like a dozen, a gross, a dozen dozen, of uh, of, of something, for, for the ultimate, for the ultimate Chopper City, uh, commercial. Anyway, but I had fun with that one. I've I've been trying to word at work out the the wording on it for a couple of days. Finally got it done right when I got home today. Um. So let's see other stuff to talk about. Personal stuff, liber- nerdy Dan stuff. Um, if, if you've if you've watched the Nerdy Dan stream, which some of the Mod Squad does at least, um, some others may may as well. I've been doing this thing called Warpath. It, it's a uh, somebody came up with this kind of online version of Survivor, and where it's like a nerdy Survivor, and so he put this all together, and basically. Uh, he, he the guy advertised it in uh, the in the um, Discord for the um, product that I became a partner with with Nerdy Dan, and so I was like, that sounds interesting. I'll I'll give it a shot. Why not? I mean, I didn't know how big or how small it was, but I, I'm always willing to give it a shot, uh, give something fun a shot. And so apparently I'm the oldest person. This is like the fourth season. I'm the oldest person to ever try out for this thing. And not only am I the oldest person to ever try out for this thing, I, uh, I am now the chief of this week. So what that means is that I have the ultimate power to, like there's, our team was the winning team. So the losing team gets to pick, uh, the losing team gets to pick somebody to go into the, into the, into what would have been the elimination round, except somebody just gave up. So this is not an elimination round. This is just a, um, the loser gets a disadvantage. The winner gets an advantage, but then I get to fix anybody from either team to go against the loser, the person who's picked from the loser team. And that person gets, the winner gets an advantage. The loser gets a disadvantage. So, um, 
I did so because I um what was what was it? They they had this puzzle slider game type thing, you know, those little slider puzzles where it's all scrambled and you have to slide it and you had to do the best time. It was like a fifteen piece square puzzle and I solved it in twenty four seconds and that was like I beat the best time by like twenty seconds. It was amazing. <laughs> what's up, Megan? What's going on? Good to see you. Um so yeah. Anywho, <laughs> so it, it, it's it's been a fun thing to do. It, it I feel old because you have all these youngins also participating, like you know, late teenagers, early college student type folks, and me. I'm sitting here at like forty something participating in this thing, and I'm just like, okay, we will see. But the reason they accepted me is because I'm the oldest person who ever volunteered for this thing, and they're like, we got to see how this goes. And well, I've already proven myself to be a be a uh, a big, a big old nerd because I won chieftain for this round. So problem is you can't prove yourself to be too good of a player because then everyone's going to vote your ass off. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, it is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, I almost forgot that I didn't have my, my little soundboard plugged in for, for Liberal Day and, radio because the soundboard doesn't work well with blog talk radio apparently so anyway what else to talk about oh yeah let's let's talk about mitch mcconnell for a second because mitch mcconnell for the second time froze up and fortunately for him for the second time he did not fall on his back and get stuck like the turtle he is But this is a problem. This is a serious problem. He needs to resign. He needs to resign. Clearly, Feinstein needs to resign. There are people who are sitting in that Senate right now who have no business being there. They need to go. And as I said before, you know, they're like, oh, well, if Feinstein resigns, there's going to be a problem for Gavin Newsom because – He's going to have to pick one of the three people who would want to vie for her seat. No, he doesn't. He can pick somebody else besides those three. He can be like, look, I'm going to pick a fourth person, and that we're going to have that person agree that they're not going to run for reelection as part of, as part of the conditions for being in this seat. <clears throat> they're not going to run. They're going to make an agreement that they're not going to run. And then y'all three can run it out. Can, that, that person will serve the unexpired term. And then when it comes time for the election, all three of y'all can run and let that be the end of it. It's a fresh seat. We have a, we'll, we'll have a fresh face for the rest of this term, and it doesn't have to be a big deal politically. But, you know, Democrats like to shoot themselves in the foot. But back to McConnell, you know, he's just stuck like a deer in headlights. He, he, can't, he just get, can't talk. He, he, there's clearly something wrong. He clearly is not capable of doing his job at this point he needs to go and here's the difference like joe biden was in the middle of a press conference and did this twice like i would be absolutely up here saying it's time for joe biden to retire it's time for joe biden to resign he needs to step down it's time for president harris i would absolutely 100 percent be calling for that because it's that important but and he's the Senate Minority Leader, 
as Senate Minority Leader, he needs to be able to realize that he has work to do and he needs to step down and pass the torch to somebody else who can do it. But see, I can't even do that imitation anymore because an imitation of, of Mitch McConnell at this point is just I mean, that's all that you have to do to imitate Mitch McConnell at this point is just stare blankly into the screen until somebody like, you know, tries to shake you and wake you up and then tell everybody else, okay, we're going to have to end this press conference because, you know, uh, he's gone to the the sunken place. It's ridiculous. It's time for him to go. It's time for him to resign. And it's just these old farts don't want to get rid of their power. And it's pathetic. It's pathetic, and it needs to stop. And look, we all know that there's two old farts running for president, and, and it's probably going to be old fart one versus old fart two, uh, Biden versus Trump. I don't want to hear from Republicans that, oh, Biden's old. Why is he running for re-election? And then have those people say, well, we're going to vote for Trump. Well, he's old, too. So, and, and those, are, those are the two candidates that we're likely going to be stuck with running for it. I'm not, I'm not disappointed. I'm not upset with Biden. But if you're going to complain about old people who are running just in general, regardless of mental faculties, don't complain that Biden is old and then vote for Trump in the primaries, right? If you think age is an issue, go vote for DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy if age is your issue. But it, clearly it's not an issue. Age is not an issue for y'all if y'all are going to sit here and vote for Trump. But clearly... You know, Biden has shown that he is sharp as attack at things like the correspondence dinner. Biden has shown that he, you know, can sit there at a press conference and answer questions and, and deal with the people who are asking him questions. He's not sitting there at the press conference like Mitch McConnell doing a blank stare like. He's not doing that. Time for Mitch to go. Time for Feinstein to go. If, you're, if your health is that bad where you can't even, you know, keep the attention for that long, it's time for you to go. Bye. Resign. Leave. Now, look, and, and personally, I love making Mitch McConnell the hypocrite, hypocrite of the week. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. I love being able to say Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell instead of, you know, you know, the Majority Leader because it was great when he got demoted. I love it. But for the good of the country – he needs to step down, but he's he's too high in himself, and he's never going to get rid of that power. So, but again, he needs to go, and the Republicans need to step up and do something about it. See, don't forget, <laughs> McConnell was buffering. Yeah, there was a glitch in the matrix. That's the thing. It was a glitch in the matrix. Only Californians can convince Feinstein to sit. Only Kentucky can convince the turtle to go shellfish. He's too shellfish. He's too shellfish. He's too selfish to be selfish. Um, Eagle, egg off drunken. What? I'm, I'm, I'm lost with what you said there, P-dubs. Uh, they vote the way their constituents want them to vote. Sometimes, not necessarily all the time, though, Wes, because there's a lot of times when on individual issues, they don't vote the way that their constituents want them to vote, especially on things like abortion. Uh, on abortion, they'll they'll, they'll they will vote for how the money wants them to vote or how the special interests want them to vote. Uh, because even if like 70% of the state opposes like the draconian abortion laws that could pass, they know that the conservatives are not going to vote against them because the conservatives are against the draconian abortion laws for as far as they go. 
they know that they're not going to vote for the Democrats. So they, they can make that gamble. They can make that vote and not worry about it. That's why Republicans especially don't want to see ballot initiatives. They try to ballot initiative thing in the state. And I would love to probably going to, if I remember somebody in the chat, remind me uh, if I don't remember to do it. When Britt comes on, remind me to talk about ballot initiatives. If I don't, right, let, let me take a note of that too. Let's, let's do that. Um, ballot initiatives. Because if, if, if when Britt goes to, to Louisiana, and if she gets elected to the Louisiana legislature, you know, it's something that needs to be passed because the only way I think that Louisiana can overturn its draconian abortion laws is to be able to have a ballot initiative that says, look, we need to overturn this horrible law that starts, that bans abortion from implantation, and we need something that makes more, com- more sense to the majority of the people of Louisiana. Now, I guarantee it's not going to be what I would want. But at least the law would be something that more people would want than what is currently existing in Louisiana law. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about a lot of things. The two-thirds of Americans favor union labor. Yeah, and two-thirds of Americans favor union labor, but you know, Americans are, are led to believe by conservatives that, oh, we no longer need unions because unions fought for what they got, and now we have it, so we don't need them anymore. It, despite the fact that if we didn't have unions fighting for those things, the conservatives would try and rip all those things away. Without unions to protect those things, we would lose them. And they don't, the people just don't want to hear that. They just want to listen to the conservatives when the conservatives are like, oh, we don't need it anymore. Oh, sure, we don't need it anymore. We got all those victories. We're good. Just like the people were just not caring about abortion rights. Oh, in 2016, Roe versus Wade is never going to get overturned. All these upper-class white conservative women who just happen to be pro-choice personally or whatever, or, or who, you know, believe that abortion should be legal but didn't think it would ever, Roe v. Wade would ever get, it's never going to get overturned, so I'm going to vote with my husband, or I'm going to vote for the other things because I might want abortion to be legal, but I don't want to have those people living in my neighborhood or something like that. You know, typical conservative BS. And and they, you, you, there were interviews of people like, I don't think Roe v. Wade is ever going to get overturned. Well, guess what? It did. It did. Um, see, Dan, I'm hey, talking to my phone, so if I, it doesn't reflect what I'm trying to say. So if you see something screwed, just oh, voice and text sucks. Voice and text absolutely sucks all the time for me. I try and I, I will, I will say something voice to text wise into my phone, and I will see it correctly. And then as I hit, as I'm about to hit send, I will see voice to text, then correct it to something else other than what I meant to say and be like, what are you doing? You dumb voice to text, you had it right and you changed it to something wrong. Why? Why? I got stuck against the Democratic governor, but the legislation took ability for him to replace congressional members. Uh, their party gives the governor three names and he picks one. Well, because every time you know you end up having a state elected official, the the conservatives in the in the Congress are going to try and do things to take away the power from a Democratic governor, whatever they can. Just like how they managed to, and I think it was also Kentucky, was it? That they had they convinced that one Democrat to flip, so that they could pass the ridiculous anti-choice legislation, uh, and that person ran as a pro-choice Democrat, and now they got her to flip and be and be the uh, override the veto. Ridiculous. 
speech to text is terrible. Zuckerbots, speech to text is a psyop. All right, all right, Bill P. Or, or should I call you um, what's his face? Um, what's that guy's name? Uh, Alex Jones. Are you are you Bill P. Or are you Alex Jones? <laughs> Change the rules to fit them. Well, of course, because they can't win on ideas. They can't win by winning over people, so they have to win by changing the rules to keep themselves in power as a minority party. That's what my, that's what my uh, GOP coup series is all about, the four videos about the GOP coup. Not to stop the coup series, because I haven't worried about that in a while, because that wasn't going anywhere. Um, but the, the GO, whole GOP coup series is all about how they just want, they need to change the rules. Because if, 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 they, if they can't change the rules... They're never going to be able to be able to retain their power that they that they're grasping onto with their fingertips. So we got five more minutes till Brick calls in. So we're we're good. Um, was there something else I wanted to talk about? I think there was, but let's see. Was it Ida? Um, shout out my daughter, McConnell. Um, Labor Department proposes vast expansion of overtime eligibility. That's not that's pretty good, but it's on New York Times, so I can't really see. Let's open up the business section. There we go. Do do do. Oh no, I don't want to watch YouTube. No, for some reason I opened a. Yahoo Finance. Let's see if that opens up a non-video link. I built the Rod Serling. Nice. Consider if you will. The Biden administration proposed a new rule Wednesday that would make 3.6 billion more U.S. workers eligible for overtime pay. The rule revives an Obama-era effort that faced pushback from business leaders and was ultimately called in court. Business groups, labor advocates, and liberal lawmakers have pushed the Biden administration to take the fight back up. Arguing the overtime protections have been sharply eroded to the decades by wage stagnation and inflation, the proposed regulation unveiled by the Department of Labor would require employers to pay overtime to salaried workers who are in executive, administrative, and professional roles but make less than 1059 a week or 55068 a year for full-time employees. That salary threshold is up from 35568 level that had been in place since 2019 when the Trump administration raised it from 23660 and a more modest increase than what Barack Obama earlier's proposal. The rule, which is subject to public commentary period, wouldn't take effect for months, would have the biggest impact on retail, food, hospitality, manufacturing. So basically, uh, businesses would not be able to get away with paying you a salaried wage instead of an hourly wage if you make less than a certain amount of money, which is a good idea, good thing, good on Biden. Let's hope they get this done, because um, that would be a good thing for the workers, good thing for labor. I've been having some interesting arguments, of course, on Twitter uh, over the past day or two, simply because of the fact that um, I've been arguing with, with more, more pseudo-leftists. I'm calling them pseudo-leftists because I, I don't believe that they're leftists because you know, this one guy, for example, uh, didn't want to vote for the person who was running against Boebert in the last election because he viewed that the guy was, was the same as Boebert, except just with a D after his name. Now, when press on issues... The guy was the same as Boebert, except the guy was running as a pro-choice candidate and supposedly had other issues that were the same as Boebert, like, you know, energy issues and other labor issues. Now, I, I 
I'm fully suspect. I don't believe that he held the same issues on labor and on the environment and on this, that, the other as Boebert does. I, I, I'm sure Boebert's issues are probably written out in crayon and not, you know, intelligently well thought out. I'm sure this person probably has more intelligent, well thought, thought out positions, regardless of if I agree with them or not, because Boebert is a, ugh. but even if they were exact carbon copies of these, if each other with the exception of abortion, person's willing to just completely overlook abortion and just say, oh, they're the same. Well, one of them supports body autonomy. Well, that doesn't matter. What? How are you a leftist and not worry about body autonomy? It's, it's complete jumping the shark. Western can't deny that Crimea is part of Russia has been for at least three centuries. The Western world thought of Russia was either Crimea or St. Petersburg. Start baby steps. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Moscow, that's just where the czar lives and everyone hates the czar. Everybody hates the czar. Is that like a new uh, Chris Rock show? Everyone hates the czar. Like everyone hates Chris. Um... Apparently, Burger King is facing a lawsuit over the size of the Whopper. That's interesting. Let's see what that's about. We're just wasting time till Brick calls in. Uh, again, that's another YouTube. Why am I getting YouTube videos in my news feed? And this is BBC. I don't want news. I want new videos. I just want to read something. Um, let's see. Every time I see Urcot from Texas, I think Epcot. I'm like, wait, what? No, that's not not Epcot. That's Urcot. That's something completely different. Um, Google Flights launches new money-saving feature. Not not exciting. Um, NVIDIA stock outlook, 125% upside as mother of all cycles for AI looms. Hey, I have I have four shares of NVIDIA, and I'm doing really well with it. That's a good thing, I suppose. Um, apparently, one of the things I was watching yesterday, and we'll, we'll get to Britain in a second, was that the whole, like, Florida got screwed. Like, because apparently last night was the second full moon, and it was the, like the moon was like in the perfect position to have like even bigger tides and it was high tide and it was a storm surge. And so it was ridiculous. And so the people in Florida are absolutely 100% lucky that it hit like the probably the least occupied part of, of Florida. Anyway, without further ado, let us bring on uh, – Britt Gondolfi for the Senate candidate for Louisiana's Senate District 12. How are you tonight? Dan, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Dan, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Hi. Okay. Good. Good. I had a problem a few weeks ago where people called us couldn't hear me. And I'm like, oh no, not again, but good. And you can hear me. Yay. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, thanks so much for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, it was great to meet you the other week. And, you know, I'm very excited about your campaign. I think you have a lot of good things to talk about. First, uh, let's, let's introduce you, introduce yourself to the, to the listeners and to the people who might watch this later as to uh, who you are and why you're running for the office. Well, my name is Brickin Dolphy. I'm running in Senate District 12, so that's Northern St. Tammany Parish, Tangipahoe Parish, and all of Washington Parish. 
I am a mom, a recent graduate of Loyola Law School. I work in the nonprofit environmental world. Been a teacher, a waitress, um, been in the service industry since I was 15 to about three months ago um, when I finished up my law degree. And I really got into this race because of our state's abortion laws, which is probably the most um, seemingly unpopular position a political candidate can take. But if you're going to ask me to tell you the truth, the truth is that's my number one reason for running. Um, yeah. I know that we have a lot of other problems in this state, you know, pollution, not having a livable wage, lack of access to health care, a horrific education system. You know, we have crime, we have poverty, we have so many issues. And uh, I think the one thing that's just going to compound all of the problems that we already have is that people are not able to determine when and if they are able to become a parent or have a child. And I just feel like it's such a fundamental right to be able to decide I, I can be a parent or I cannot. Um, that the fact that in 2023, our state legislature wants women to have their rapist babies, um, that's just what drove me to run. And uh, try telling that to a political consultant. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'd be like, wait, they'd be like, like wait, you want to run where and and run for why? And then they then yeah, I'm sure they're they're like writing you off immediately but you know it's it's you know you have a lot of people up there who you know you probably have a lot of you know especially wives up there who are probably not happy about the extreme nature of the law that was passed especially with you know it starting at implantation and and you know not very well written exceptions for um the health of the individual who's pregnant and and you're putting people's health and lives at risk just just you know, especially in conditions where, you know, the, the individual could die or, or there's uh, fetal abnormalities that are, that are, you know. Terminal, that are terminal. Ter yeah. I mean, well, it is um, just a preposterous thing because, look, I, as a woman that, you know, I started my campaign telling the story of my abortion. That's honestly the last thing I've ever wanted to do with my life. I had to meditate for two years as to whether or not I was going to be willing to go down as the, quote, abortion politician lady. Right. Um, but I decided that someone in this election season has to. Um, but there are so many things that we can do to reduce the instances of people being in the position where abortion is their best choice. You know, right. if we focus on providing childcare, if we focus on increasing access to health care, if we focus on creating livable wages, if we figured out, you know, there's something that we can do to provide more affordable housing for people or even be so crazy as to guarantee housing and deal with homelessness and poverty. If we address all of these issues, the rates of women electing to have an abortion are going to drop dramatically. And the problem that I have with what our state has done is the people who have worked for decades to accomplish this feat of making abortion a crime have not criminalized the things that are really reducing people's quality of life, that are really killing people. Like homelessness murders people. When people can't pay for their doctor's bills, that's, that's, that's a form of, of, of hurting someone. You know, right. when people can't afford to feed their families, when people feel unsafe in their communities. I mean, if I just don't go out and start calling all of these things murder, will the Republicans go and fix this now? 
Right. You know, and so it's just it's just such a level of hypocrisy that it's painful. Um, and they've painted women who are, you know, pro-choice. And I put my fingers in quotes because no one chooses that kind of choice. It's something that happens to you. It's not something that you just wake up one day and say, hmm, I'd love right. to, you know, find myself unintendedly pr- pregnant and in a crisis. I can't wait when I grow up, you know, and it's just cruel. And right. so it's been a really rough road running. So I'm sorry just to like jump in with the hard stuff, but I figure it's a podcast and you want to just kind of cut to the, cut no, to the I mean, it's, and, it's, it's good. And it's admirable that, that you're willing to, to get out there and share your story because I mean, I mean, I have, I've had some, some rough stories from my life too. And I found that, you know, when I've shared them here, it's help. I've, I've found that a lot of people have thanked me afterwards because when you, when people share their hard stories, it, it makes, it makes other people more willing to share their own and it makes them, it makes them feel more comfortable with the fact that, Oh, here's somebody I can, I can relate to. So it, it's, it's good that you're willing to share your story. I'm sure you're going to get negativity back. I'm sure from plenty of people, but you know, it's, it's, there's, there's some people who you'll probably never win over and, and that's fine, but there's hopefully a bunch of people who you will win over because, you know, you're, you're coming at it from an honest position and you're, and you're coming at it from, you know, you know, whenever I, you know, discuss, you know, the abortion issue, I think we might've discussed this when we met was, was the whole thing of, you know, liberal leftist policies, reduce abortions, all right wing conservative policies do is criminalize abortion. And it does, it does nothing to reduce the numbers. Like when, when Jeb Bush was governor of Florida and he defunded Planned Parenthood, abortion rates went up for the rest of his term. When um, Hickenlooper was governor of Colorado and they expanded uh, contraception availability to be free to everybody, uh, including people who were uninsured, um, unwanted pregnancies went down. So abortion rates went down. So liberal leftist policies reduce abortions conservative policies, all they do is punish them for, you know, punish people and, and don't actually do anything to stop the number of abortions from, from taking place. And, and that's ultimately that that's should be the goal. Safe, legal, and rare is what, is what every person that I know is pro-choice talks about. And all the conservatives talk about is punish. They don't really care about yeah. numbers. They just care about punish. Well, they've, they've skewed the reality of what it is. You know, they've, they've provided this picture of something that we would all agree is wrong. You know, what mm-hmm. they are describing is abortion in America is not what is abortion in America. I worked at an abortion clinic. Um, we were a health center that provided abortion three days a week. And from the ages of 20 to 22, I worked there three days a week. And I can guarantee you that every single abortion that I've seen is either a medical emergency, a social emergency, um, an economic plight, or a tragic, tragic circumstance that no one would ask upon anyone. This idea of the frivolous woman who's just having multiple abortions carelessly, you know, or quote, as they say, using it as birth control is a fiction. Right. there are people that would stand outside of this health facility and, you know, pray and yell and scream at women and call the women who worked there murderers. And, you know, it's like if you if those people just had to listen into a counseling room and heard the story of that woman 
and heard what she was feeling and thinking in her mind as she was making this decision that this was the best outcome for her, only the most callous people would deny her. Right. And, and, and only the most callous people are governing our entire state. I mean, when you look at what this recent Supreme Court decision did, was it put the, the issue of choice at the state legislative level. You know, like, what do we got in Louisiana? We have 39 senators and 105 representatives. You know, however many people is that made the decision for the entire state of Louisiana that I don't care what your circumstances are. I don't care if you're a victim of rape, incest. I don't care if this is a medical condition that you and your family could never afford in our broken health care system. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. I don't care how many kids you already have. I don't care how much you are struggling and telling me that you can't. You're going to have this pregnancy. Go to term and give birth. And if you can't have the baby, you're going to give it away. That's essentially what the state of Louisiana, through this legislative action, has decided. And that, for me, is just such a breach of morality for this small number of people to decide for the entire population that your last social safety net, which is, the right to not be a parent when you're saying you can't, not in this system. When that gets taken away, you have no control over your life. There's right. absolutely zero guaranteed control over your life because that's the most private choice that a person could make. They might as well just go make you bow and get on your knees and pray to whatever God they dictate because they just dictated your whole body, your whole future. Like, no matter what, there are no exceptions in Louisiana. So I get so mad when people in the Democratic Party or who call themselves liberal and call themselves progressive and say they care about women, they'll tell a candidate such as myself, well, you can't talk about this. You can't, people won't vote for you. I was like, well, I know. I know people won't vote for me, but a lot of people will, I bet. Right. You know? And it's just, it's like. And maybe people who wouldn't me. normally vote might come out and vote for you because they'll, they'll hear you <clears throat> talking about something that nobody else in that district has talked about before. Well, they out new... talk, I mean, Beth, myself, they talk right. about it, Dan. You know, they, mm -hmm. they say they're for life, but they vote against raising the minimum wage. Right. You know, they say they're for life, but they vote for capital punishment. You know, well, these people like way life. back in the day, way back in the day, I, when I my first foray into running for office was against Bobby Jindal, and Bobby Jindal ran the Louisiana Department of Health. These people applauded him for running a two million dollar surplus in the Louisiana Department of Health, which meant he had two million dollars available to spend on poor people who needed medical assistance, and he just sat on the money and didn't spend it. Like, how is that moral? How is that a good thing? Like, he was supposed to spend that money. He wasn't supposed to you know, build up a slush fund. He was supposed to help people with that money. And he did. He just put, used it to pad his, his resume to make him look like, hey, I'm good, Mr. Fiscally Responsible. But that's $2 million of preventive care that could have prevented people from being more sick later because they don't care about people. It, it's, 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 you know, to paraphrase Kanye almost, like they don't care about no the, 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 the lives of people. They just want, they just care about, political power and they'll get it however they can. And if they're going to villainize women, they're going to villainize people for, for making a, a choice that again, you, you said, I'll never know what that choice is like because I'll never be faced with that situation. But, you know, I can't imagine it was, it was an easy choice to make. I can't imagine it's ever an easy choice to make, but 
you have to be able to make it. You have to be able to have body autonomy. You have to be able to control your own self. And it, it, it's, it's to me, the, the idea of government controlling your body is, is the extreme height of hypocrisy for conservatism. Yeah, because they're all about not having the government in businesses. Like, we don't want the government to tax. We don't want the government to regulate assault rifles. We don't want the government, you know, to right. interfere with corporations fucking the planet. No, no, no. That's their right. right. If you want to inject carbon waste underneath Lake Moripal, well, my God, this is America. Pump it in. Do you own it? It's like if you are telling me that I cannot take a pill at six weeks pregnant that basically induces me to have a miscarriage so that I will not further be pregnant, you're telling me I can't take that pill? You know, and then we have the current woman who's running for attorney general under the Republican banner saying, oh, there's fentanyl and abortion pills. It's like, well, God damn it, what did you think was going to happen when you made it illegal? People were going to order it off the Internet. Right. And there might damn well be. So funny. Right. Ain't that funny how that works? They created, know, the so they created the problem. They created even judge. a worse problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, this does not do a single good thing for anyone. This does not reduce the number of abortions. And anybody that's got access to a credit card, the $2,000 limit can hop a flight to Hawaii and go get, abortion, go get an abortion for themselves and make their way back home. You know, if you have that much capital, you too can decide to not be a parent. If you find yourself pregnant, unintended, or with a severe medical complication or in a tragic circumstance, if you find yourself in these categories of, pe- of like where people find themselves in need of this, if you got enough credit card limit, you can go get that for yourself. But the poorest amongst us, the people who are suffering the most, those are those are the women that they're they're not going to have that choice. Um, well, that's another reason and, why, like know, when they talk about polling, like a lot of people say, like, oh, abortion. Like they were sort of citing some poll about. Like 65% of Americans support abortion in all or most cases or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but how about poll the people and say, well, are they going to, if, if, are they going to vote against the person if they sign a bill that eliminates abortion rights? Because I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who are going to, who would say, yeah, I support abortion rights, but I'm not going to vote against the, Republican because there are other things that they support for and I have a credit card and I can if I need to go get one I can go fly to New York for me and I don't care about anybody else because you know and they would never admit look half the women I spoke to at the abortion clinic self-identified as pro-life but you know what happened to them life life Mm -hmm. happens to pro-life women and a lot of those women would look at the women that worked there like how can you do this how could you work here I'm like honey I'm here because you're here I'm here because there are women who need this and they need someone to be kind to them on this day. I mean, I used to be shocked. Like when I first started working at this place and we would have pro-life women come in and they would say, well, you know, like this is horrible. I'm like, well, man, but like, why are you here then? And she's like, right. oh, well, like I, I already have, I already have three kids. I-, I can't have any more children. You know, like if I have one more kid, it's going to break the bank, you know, or like, I- oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like only 17. Like I'm not, I'm not ready to be a mom. I still need to go to college. Like I'm the daughter of a teen mom, like whatever the story was, you know, you don't realize you're pro-choice until you find yourself needing to make that choice. And you realize that that's the best choice for you given your circumstances. And most, most women won't realize that until life hits them. And that's what happened to me. I mean, I grew up so Catholic. I grew up the daughter of a single mom who clawed her way from the fricking bottom 
You know, I watched my mother be like a Hercules of femininity of, of trying to be a woman, making it as a single mother in America. Like I swore up and down that I would always be pro-life. I was Mm -hmm. pro-life until I was completely broke and unable to give a good life to a child. And I was like, I don't have the strength my mother had and I don't want to choose that road. And, and I'll, I humbly tell people that I I'm, I'm a convert. (laughs) I'm a convert from believing I could tell everyone, no, this is the right thing for you to do no matter what to, Oh shit. Wait, I think I might be wrong about this one. You know, And and so I understand where people are coming from. I understand that it's a, you know, like, wow, we live in a world where not everyone wants to have every child. Instead of judging the woman and jailing the doctor, look at the world. Right. That's my thing. It's like, look at the world, not her. It ain't her fault, but they do. They, You know, my comment section on this campaign is just filled with, you know, well, haven't you ever heard of birth control or you know, you should have kept your lays closed. If you don't want to have a baby, don't fuck around. I'm like, oh, Lord, people, are we really are we really right. telling people the only time they should have sex is for procreation? Are we right. really saying to ourselves that birth control is perfect? I there there is no form of birth it. control. There's no form of birth control that's 100% effective. None. And humans are. Repeat that last part. You, you, brought, you faded a bit. Oh, I said humans are humans. Right. Air. <laughs> yeah. And there you are know, a lot of I'm, people who I'm, enjoy having sex and, you know, I'm a sex positive. I, I, I try and have a sex positive podcast and, you know, there's nothing wrong with having sex for the enjoyment of sex. And if you want to enjoy sex, enjoy sex and you should be able to do so. And, 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 and the idea and that safe. pregnancy is somehow a good punishment for it. No. <laughs> pregnancy yeah, should I mean, be a punishment all, for know? the fact that you want to enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. And then, you know, if something happens, you should have the right to deal with it as you wish. As you wish. So. I just always want to point to more liberal countries, you know, and it's I just, these words that we use, like liberal and conservative, but let's just say people that are more liberated in their thinking, you know, right. who are not here to cast judgment, who are not here to say, thou should, thou shall not, God frowns upon thee, thou be damned. Like, let's look at countries that have robust sex education programs. And when I say sex education, I'm not just talking about putting a condom over a banana like you saw in the Grease (laughs) 2 movie or something ridiculous. Like, I'm talking about telling people, you know, this is how life is made, okay? You know, when these two things come together and these two incidences occur, guess what? If you don't do anything, you're going to have a human being about 10 months. Mm -hmm. And people in countries where they talk about this openly and then they also go further as an age appropriate near puberty time talk about things like safe sex and birth control and how to talk about sex how to talk about consent how to how to select a person to be intimate with how to represent your needs and your desires and the things that you don't want and the outcomes you do and do not want you know how to determine monogamy or you know like what's going to be the balance like, there's a whole world of education out there. People will shit a brick and die if they ever thought in America that we would have the common sense, compassion, and intelligence to find some common morality of just informing our children when they are teenagers. And if people are like, well, that's the family's responsibility. It's like, well, the school is all we have. You know, Some of these families aren't taking the responsibilities. They're, they believe that if you teach a kid how to – 
use a condom that that's going to all of a sudden give them permission to have sex. I'm like, no. I mean, my mom consistently was like, don't have sex till you're 30, but also thought it was knew it was important for me to know about, you know, things like consent and, and, and things about proper condom usage and all the other, you know, things that you want to talk about. Now, she did manage to disturb me a little bit because after she did show me how to put a condom on a banana, she then took it off the banana, then ate the banana, which was, you know. Oh, no, Lord. Well, she wanted that burned in your brain. She yeah. wanted you to know. She she was basically like, go ahead, fuck around and find out, young yeah. man, <laughs> as I did with you. Right. But, you know, I mean, and look, everyone has the right to tell their kids, I don't think you should have sex until you're in a committed monogamous relationship that follows a massive ceremony and a contract with the state that makes you two own everything that each other owns. Sex right. can only happen in a community property regime that we like to affectionately call marriage. You want to tell your kid that's the best time to have sex? By all means. Go on ahead. But in Louisiana, we have had an abstinence until marriage sex education policy for decades. And we have some of the highest rates of HIV. We have some of the highest rates of teen pregnancy. We have some of the highest instances of syphilis and gonorrhea. Like, Louisiana is not a safe place to have sex. I'll come out here right now and be like, hey, Louisiana, I mean, if you're going to go at it, wrap it up. Um, Mm -hmm. But best you not, because it's truly, you know, like, it, 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 and I, I just think that there's a lack of common sense conversation about it. And our our government in Baton Rouge has basically told every OBGYN and doctor in the state that if someone comes to you and says something, I had sex and I can't be a parent, that doctor cannot help that person. They cannot prescribe them medication. They cannot provide them a surgery. And, um, that's that's wild. It's just wild. It's right. just a level of stupidity and hypocrisy. And it's like if you wanted to be Christian and moral, I think we're supposed to give all of our shit to the poor. Right. Well, that's what I always like to point out. Acts four and I mean, I'm I was raised Jewish, but I always like to point out Acts four and five for, for to my Christian friends who want to argue against socialism. I was like, tell me how Acts four and five is not socialism because it basically literally says if you don't give if you don't give away all of your stuff when you sell it. When you sell your house, if you don't give away all your proceeds to the poor and redistribute your wealth, you, you, you're going to die. Like, how is that not socialism right there? How is that not the Bible advocating for socialism? So, Oh, I'm like, going to fight the conservatives for Jesus. Somebody put me on Fox News to fight the conservatives for Jesus because they have misused the message of Christ. I cannot even believe that the people who claim to be under the banner of Christianity are the ones that wants the government to slash social programs and truly believes corporations are going to save us all. I mean, Jesus said it's harder for a rich dude to get to heaven than it is for a camel to walk through a two-foot door. Camel's never going to walk through a two-foot door. That was kind of like a joke. He's like, the rich are not going to get to heaven because they are withholding resources from those most in need. As you do to those most in need, you do to me. And we have so many people here with so many needs. And people would be aghast to be like, oh, you want the government to pay for everyone's health care? It's like, well, shit, we pay for all these bombs. Why, why can't we get a doctor's right. visit? I mean, like... We can do the Blue Angels, you know, naval air base, but I can't get a pap smear. <laughs> right. 
I grew up in Cancer Alley. I should get a pap smear for free for the rest of my life. <laughs> like, right. should, and preventive care is come, and free preventive care at the very minimum is, is something that should be good because if you catch something early, it's cheaper to deal with. So absolutely. that's one of, one of the reasons yeah. I supported the ACA is, is because, you know, it, it, if you had health insurance, you had to have preventive care at 100% first dollars. You, did, you could not be charged for it, which is a good thing. And which also why it would also color cover oral contraception as preventive care, hundred percent first dollar, which is also a good thing. So other issues though. Well, like, I got to tell know, you, Affordable Care yeah. Act, Affordable Care Act. I hate insurance. I think most people oh, yeah. in Louisiana, we should have started this podcast off right. We should have been like, look, we're liberals and we hate insurance too. Because here's the yeah. deal: <laughs> you can't oh, you can't do yeah. insurance for healthcare. Insurance happens when I'm an insurance company. I got a hundred cars I insure. And five of them get in accidents. And because we all pooled our resources, you know, those five people that got car accidents, we're going to give them new cars. You know, ain't that nice? Right. Insurance can't work for health care because everybody's car is going to get in an accident. This is the craziest thing for me in America is that we still think that a system of insurance is going to work for health care because everybody gets sick. So the only way an insurance company is going to make money is if they either – charge people more on the front end with premiums or deny people medically necessary services on the back end. That's the only way an insurance company is going to hold money because if everyone that you insure needs to cash in on the insurance system, it ain't insurance no more. You just like a coupon dealer. You like a fake Ponzi multi-level marketing coupon dealer scammer. <laughs> you know, right. like, and now we're learning this lesson with climate change in Louisiana because everybody's bitching about their flood insurance. It's like, well, guess what? Flood companies realize everything going to flood here. This is the right. canary in the freaking coal mine, people. The insurance companies are trying to do you a favor and let you know, fuck around living on the Gulf Coast 100 years after the oil and gas industry have carved up our entire coastline and marshes into waterway subdivisions, you know, like tracks of navigable water. I mean – we are in a pretty precarious situation. The insurance companies, they don't want to fuck around and find out. So, yeah, they're charging more on the front end. And believe me, when we have our next massive storm here and people are needing to rebuild where they are, they're going to be denying people as much as they can, too, because everyone's well, going to need to cash in. One of the biggest mistakes, though, I think, that we've made is that we've allowed insurance companies to shove off the high risk onto, onto the government. Like we've allowed insurance companies to shove off, you know, the citizens' plan onto onto the government. We allowed insurance to, to you know, shove off flood insurance onto the federal government. And like, so the only way that insurance is supposed to work is you're supposed to be able to take it. You're supposed to be able to offset high risk with low risk. So by citizens is just all high risk. That's why citizens cost so much is because you can't offset the high risk or the low risk. So we're allowing insurance companies to come in and do business in the state, but we're allowing them to only do business with low risk people and then shoving all the high risk people in the high risk pools in the state. It, it's a recipe for disaster. And it's just a giveaway to these insurance companies. And then we'll let them go when, when they decided they want to have, they've had enough. It, it's, it's absurd. Like I used to work for an insurance company way back when you know, as a software developer, but I had to learn some of the you. business. We forgive you, Dan. <laughs> I had to learn some of the business anyway. And I was just like, I, that's when I really learned all of the horribleness that exists in insurance companies and, and how, how they do the business and how horrible it really is. And so, um, mm. 
Yeah. So let's see. So let's say so. Other other issues that that are that are important. We have um, one of the the conservative show I talk talk to all the time. He is he and we need to get you on that show because recently he's been talking a lot about the whole deal about the carbon capture. And when when you were talking, you were talking about how they are trying to put. What town is it that they're trying to put a carbon capture plant? Lake Morapaw, right by my house. That's the most beautiful drive in Louisiana. Shit, yeah. So, you know, you got your three major lake systems. You got Lake Morapaw, Lake Pontchartrain, and Lake Bourne, you know, and then it opens up into the Mississippi Sound, and, you know, you've got the Gulf of Mexico right there. They don't even realize, you know. Fly right. that coastline. Tell me, tell me, tell me you're going to be complaining about your insurance rates. You're going to realize your insurance rates real fast. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but anyway... Yeah, they have a carbon capture project going on there where oil companies and gas companies and massive carbon polluters are trying to get out of the consequences of the havoc they've caused by doing programs that they are saying is going to reduce the level of carbon. And they're going to literally inject carbon into the Earth's crust. Not like you guys, have we not seen a single sci-fi film? Right. There's nobody, these people haven't had access to a television, Jesus, they didn't even get to go to Blockbuster, you know, like, what do you think is going to happen when you break through the water table? When you break right. through the water table for where you're pumping your, where you're getting your fresh water from, your aquifer, and you're going to just pump car, like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go back to the drawing board on this one. And they're doing it here because these people, you know, I mean, they live in houses on stilts, trailers on stilts, like man shack, this whole area. I mean, like, this is like Creole Cajun Indian country. And, you know, these people are going to every committee meeting and trying to stop the bureaucracy from taking a hold of it. But like, Conservatives and liberals need to realize we have the same interests. We need clean air, clean water, health care, good schools, safe neighborhoods, and, like, the means to play Monopoly. you got to come to – you can't play Monopoly not having anything in your hand. Right. You know? I mean, like, we want to play capitalism. Let's at least try to stack the board so that everyone at least has the basics, you know? And that's what liberals dare to dream is possible, and that's what conservatives say is impossible, and it's a rat race, and there will always be the winners and the losers. And that's the only way you get good industry is to have this competition. Like, bitch, people going to compete. Just let them eat, you know. People are going to always want more. People are always going to want a pool, you know. But, like, right. give people the basics <laughs> and then see how your country changes. And it's just like, it's so frustrating because we fight over the dumbest shit, Dan, in the political sector. And that's why I'm so mad. That's why I'm so mad I'm ruining my life and running for office. Um, is that I feel you. It's a rough thing to do. It, 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 that's why I feel that's why I wanted to reach out and give you as much help as I could because I've been there. I've, I've been there. I know, I know the struggle it takes. And, and you're getting. I mean, I never got to speak to the governor. I never got to speak to, you know, high, high up as a high ups in the party. They were just like, whatever. You, you at least are They're just trying to make sure I'm not crazy, Dan. They're just trying to be like, who's this young woman that's telling everyone she's had an abortion? Ain't nobody going to vote for her down here. And I'm like, sir, let's just, let's just fuck around and find out. We fucked around this hard, you know, (laughs) make it a fair race. So if anyone's listening, please, you know, you can either go to Gandolfi.com. That's G O N. D-O-L-F-I, or if that's too hard to remember, you can do Brit for Louisiana. 
I paid a consultant too much money to tell me I needed, you know, two websites. The foolishness, the campaign industrial complex needs to be stopped. I want all candidates on one social media platform. You got to stream 15 minutes every day. Just pontificate. People right. will find out who you are. <laughs> you know, like I mean, all, with the internet, all you should really need is, is just one website and a YouTube channel and put your stuff up there so people can see your positions and platforms and everything. I did link on liberalden.com and on, on the YouTube channel, on the Blog Talk Radio channel. I did link to your campaign website. I was linked to the campaign website. Yeah, I linked to the campaign website from all those places. So people Appreciate can link you. to all those places as well. Um, some other things that I want to talk about, um, things like, you know, I think one of the things that people, I think a lot of politicians are afraid of, especially conservatives in this state, are things like ballot initiatives, like the ability to take um, something and put it on the ballot because like, one of the things that, again, like, like on, on the abortion issue, like they're able to pass these things through because they know that their voters are not going to just revolt against them on the one issue because they'll support them on all the others. But if you're able to carve out one issue and make a ballot issue, a ballot initiative on it, maybe they might lose because it would pass a ballot initiative, maybe, depending on how well it's worded. Do you, do you support the idea of having – you know, the citizenry being able to put ballot initiatives up to be able to put things to a vote? Hell yeah. I mean, everybody's like, this is democracy. This is a democracy. Honey, it ain't. It's a republic. Right mm. now, most of the laws that we have, most of the things that are law in Louisiana, the reason we're not growing pot in our front yard is because people decide for us what our laws should be. And that's a republic. That's what Rome had. The Greeks, they were messing around with a little bit more of a democracy. Like, let's vote. Let's, let's, let's let the individual citizens vote. And, look, that's a, to- that's a coin toss because, you know, it, it, how compassionate is your citizen population, you know? Is, is, is the collective consensus always going to be the most wise decision? The Republic says no. That's why you got to elect the smartest and the brightest to go up to the Capitol and make the good rules. But, Hell yeah, I believe in democracy. Let the people vote on abortion. And I bet I bet people would be shocked. Let people vote on whether or not they want to go to the doctor for free. And they want the government right. to actually allocate more money to medical services than they do the military. You know, like let people, uh, somebody make an app, you know. <laughs> Let's like test democracy. Let's see how many votes we can get, you know, on, on things and see how people really feel. I mean, we take polls all day. But we would be terrified if we actually asked the citizens of the United States, how do you want this money spent? Hey, there's a conservative who calls into that radio show who actually wants to poll every single American on topics every day to be able to ask the American people what they think. So, hey, we can come together on that issue, too, right? If we can agree on on that. You know, we should be able to do that. We should be able to get answers on what everybody thinks. I mean, I think. I think that guy would probably be surprised on what the actual results would be, but you know. Uh, so what? What other? Um, so we've talked about the abortion issue. We've talked about the uh, carbon capture. What other um, issues would would be priorities if 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 when you get elected to the legislature? Our education system, the Louisiana Department of Education, needs to calm down with mandating curriculum to public schools in order to ensure that children pass the LEAP test at the end of the year. Back in the day, we used to actually let teachers, you know, teach 
And right mm -hmm. now we're basically giving teachers boxes full of workbooks and saying, if these kids don't pass these tests, you're not going to get a raise. And we're going to have to run these schools like little test prep mills. And it, I literally cried walking out of my kids' school today. I mean, like, I, I, I didn't last but a year in Louisiana public education because I had worked at private schools where kids were free to move about, kids were free to have conversation, children, um, their experience, the experience of going to school was more important than making sure that they passed this metric test. Because if you make learning an enjoyable experience, the child will learn. If you make the educational experience about making sure that the child passes the LEAP test at the end of the year so that your school doesn't get rated as an ABCD school. You don't care if the kid's not having a good day. You only right. make, you, you've been told by some BS nonprofit that if you do this many lessons in this amount of period of time and that eight-year-old can go a whole day with just 20 minutes of recess. We've got eight-year-olds pulling eight-hour days with 20 minutes of recess. It is inhumane. We wonder why kids are flipping out and having mental health episodes. They're sitting underneath fluorescent lights being dictated to do workbooks. And it's like, I'm sorry, that's not how the American school system used to run. You used to have teachers who taught, you know, you used to have English teachers who were like, I want to make you love to write and read. That's not right. the goal. You know, the goal is, you're going to be given a paragraph and you're going to have to pull the main point from this paragraph. You're going to be given a question and you're going to have to give an answer. And I'm sorry, every single person that's got a surplus of $10,000 in annual income is putting their kid in a private school because they don't want to put their kid through that bullshit. You know, and they run these private, they run like the private schools in such a way that they can't like only give the child 20 minutes to recess. They can't make the school experience unenjoyable because the parents won't pay for it. If right. you made children in private school go through the test prep hell that teachers in our public school system are put through and are told that they need to put children through, it's like you got the LDOE, you know, they got the gun on the administration, the administration's got the gun on the teacher, and the teacher's got the gun on the kids. Where I'm walking through my daughter's school this morning, I hear a teacher's hella class. Now, all right, kids, you got to hurry up and cut these pieces out because we've got to get to this lesson. You've got two minutes to get this lesson. You're in third grade. You need to know how, like, this woman is under a. Oof an unconscionable level of stress because she's yelling at children to cut faster. I'm like, is this a factory in China or is this an American classroom? Oh no, this is an American classroom. This is a test prep center. And I personally am a conspiracy theorist a little bit. And I feel like they want these poor kids to hate school. I feel like they want to make, there's gotta be someone somewhere that wants it to be unenjoyable because that's the way that it is. So it's gotta be someone's intention somewhere that these children don't realize how enjoyable it could be to read, how fun math can be, how interesting science and our history is, and how good it feels to learn. The kids are not, kids rate going to school like below going to the dentist, and it's been that way. And so one of my major priorities that I want to talk all day about is how we structure the classroom and what's the purpose of the classroom are we focused on the outcome of the test or do we want this child to love to learn? And do we want to create an environment that's welcoming to the family and that's kind to the child and that respects the child's dignity? You know, that involves right. letting them talk to each other in the lunchroom. That involves letting them be outside a good portion of the day. That involves exposing them to art and to music. It's not just about passing the leap test. 
but you talk to any child in school and that's, that's what it is. And that's a problem for liberals and conservatives. And we're all fighting about which books we're reading and what's being studied in the classroom. And, and people are painting this picture that, you know, these liberals are trying to just teach your kids about racism and sex and drugs. And it's like, well, that's not really happening. But what is happening is that these test prep companies and these data companies and these nonprofits that come in and back these curriculums are selling us a lie that our classrooms are for preparing children for tests and our classrooms are supposed to be preparing kids for life. And I, I'm, I tell you what, when this election's done, I'm pulling my kid and homeschooling her. And I hate to say that. I, I absolutely hate to say that because I want to support the American public school system, mm. but I don't want my child sitting in a desk for eight hours a day being yelled at to cut something faster because somebody's afraid if they don't get enough lessons in, the kid's not going to pass and they're not going to get a raise. That's too oh, much we were, stress. We were this kids. close during COVID. We were this close during COVID when they were wanting the, wanting the kids to go back that first year. And and I, I was I was fighting it tooth and nail because I was not convinced that my school was going to be able to keep the kids safe that first semester. I was I was not a happy camper with with the idea of especially with my youngest one not being able to get vaccinated yet. I was not convinced that they were going to be able to have a safe environment, especially when I I pulled up to the school the first day and I was waiting to drop off the youngest at his school. And I saw the big gaggle of parents unmasked waiting to drop their kids off, and I'm like, nope, you're not going to school today. We're going to go drop off my oldest and we're going to, I'm going to bring you home and we're going to contact the school because this is ridiculous. Like it, it was, and then we got the, the note to be able to do distance learning for a little bit because we, we managed to finally be able to get the permission to have him distance learn because of my wife's medical conditions that make her autoimmune issues. But that's a whole other story, oh, but they just made it no, so difficult. Yeah. They just made it so difficult. Like the schools just making it so difficult. And, and, and one of the things is like they, they made this big deal about learning loss over the course of the pandemic. And I was like, the reason you had learning loss over the course of the pandemic, and I, I tried to ask this and no one would give me the information, was they said, well, the LEAP test scores dropped like five points, eight points over the, during, during, the, during the pandemic. Well, that's because yeah, you know, like, the – one of the reasons was like when when we t- brought our oldest to go take the leap test, and we we were we were hesitant to let him take it, but because he had an IEP and he was already going to have like a smaller test area, we were convinced okay, well maybe he'll be more socially distanced and he'll be more protected, so okay he can go in and go take his leap test. But then when my wife went to go pick him up, he was sitting around a table in the cafeteria like shoulder to shoulder with people and half the people were on masks and my wife flipped out rightly so um, at the whole thing. And she said, he's not coming tomorrow and he'll get a zero and your school will get a zero because you did not protect him and protect us because of this whole thing. So he got a zero. So I'm wondering how many of the Louisiana students got a zero because their parents also didn't want to risk their kids going in and take a leap test. And how much of that, how much of that learning loss was just parents caring about their kids? (laughs) Boycott it, honestly. I mean, if if I'm coming out on the, you know, I I want abortion to be legal, I might as well tell you how I feel about the LEAP test. I hope all Louisiana boycotts it um, because they should call it the hoop test, you know, that jumps through this little hoop. You know, they used test scores post-Katrina 
like, well, we're on the Hurricane Katrina anniversary. Let's let's talk about education and property yeah. and what we're doing to poor people in Louisiana. Because post-Katrina, the Louisiana state legislature said, mm, I got a great idea. Let's fail all these schools. Let's change the score and say, you know, we're going to put this new recovery school district up in here, and we're going to use this idea that a school can fail because kids don't pass tests as a way to shift power and shift money into the private sector. We're going to fire all the black teachers, fire all of these women, mostly older black women who've been educating and caring for this community. And we're going to just go ahead and take these schools and hand them over to companies from New York, California, and Washington, and Oregon. And they'll know how to get these kids to pass these tests. The fact that we even have the audacity to put an A, B, C, or D on a school. How dare you, Louisiana? Right. That's the first thing I do. We don't do this anymore. There ain't no kid going to a fucking D school. That's bullshit. Because you know what that does to a child? That makes them feel like they're not good. Right. It makes them feel like they're not worthy. That makes them have in a complex about, well, okay, well, we live in a neighborhood where we got to go to the D school. We got to go to the A, you know, like it's. Well, there's not even in New Orleans, there's not even neighborhood schools in New Orleans. It's not even a neighborhood school. It's just, it's just schools. And, and, and you get stuck going And if you're, if your parents can't be adept in the system, you get stuck being bused halfway across town going to a so-called Calgier, D school. To the West Bank. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we're I mean, on the West Bank, the whole, so. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the whole point. That was the whole point, is that when when America integrated the public school system, that's when the war against public school happened, because Americans loved public education right up until integration. You know? Right. Integration happens, and then people are flooding to Catholic schools. You start telling people your children are going to go to school with black children and brown children and children that look different than your children. And people ran from the public school system and there's been a war on public education since integration. Well, that's why they don't want people learning about CRT or because, because they, because what they think of CRT is going to be like, Oh, I don't want them to learn that, you know, grandma was fighting the the integration. (laughs) I mean, talk about it talk about it. i mean the, what we can't tell our kids about redlining right we can't tell our kids about what the plantations you know how they made their money we, we can't talk about slavery we can't talk about the fact that we forced people to labor and never compensated them and and tortured them like we like I don't know. I remember being a child, you know, growing up in a white family in Louisiana. And I think my dad like had the VHS movie of of Amistad. And -hmm. like, I don't know. I just remember him taking a nap one day and I was like, this looks interesting. I remember watching this about second or third grade. And I ran up to my father screaming and crying after seeing this film saying, why didn't you tell me about slavery? You know? (laughs) (laughs) And and like, you know, Children are old enough to know the truth. I am so open and honest with my child about what has happened in this world, and and it helps her. It helps her understand the insanity. You know, we have to explain how we have a system of, of violence, how we have a system of, of where homelessness is accepted, where poverty is accepted. It's because we've been living in an intentional crab-in-a-barrel situation, 
And it's so easy, you know, for us inside the system to be like, well, you guys are the liberals and you guys are the conservatives. And, you know, like we're all blaming each other. We're all stuck in the same shithole. Right. And the only thing that's going to get us out is just to start speaking our truth and, and not like in a hateful or crazy way, but just in a, like, we, we truly are all in this together. And it, it's, it's safe to tell the kids what's happened because they need to understand why it is the way that it is now. You know, I, so I just don't like understand have, how I just don't understand how how fragile one must think your children are to like think that if they hear if they're white and if they happen to hear that white people, you know, 150, 200 years ago owned black people, that they're somehow going to feel guilty about it. Like, like, I mean, like I, I never once felt like I was a bad person because other people were bad people like. It, it's it's just yeah, a bizarre concept. It's a bizarre concept that that like oh, that I, I just don't get it. The only only reason that they would feel guilty is if they wanted to do it again. Like then maybe they do. I mean they probably do. I mean some of them probably want to go back to the good old days as they would probably refer to it as. But I mean that that that's probably why they want people to not it's learn about be it because they want they mind. want history to hear about it. Well, they want their story. You know, right. people who are people who want to silence other people's stories, because look, everybody can have everybody's story. Guess what? Everyone's story can be true. It's not your story versus my story. It's it's this story and your story. Now let right. everyone tell their story. You know, sure, that's how it was for you. You you think slavery was a good thing? Well, that's your story. But let the child read Uncle Tom's Cabin and find out. You know. Let the child read the autobiography of Malcolm X and talk about how, you know, how racism ended at slavery, you know, like, okay, you know, like, you know, just the banning of books, the banning of ideas, this, I mean, like the demonization of wokeness, like what is the opposite of of awake is is asleep and and the implication is delusional, you know, one, one mindset believes that it is aware, awake. And, you know, the, the the war on wokeness is is wild because, okay, so what's the opposite of, of awakened is is delusional and dreaming and, and in a sleep state. And so it's right. just like, it's like, we got, I got to tell liberals, we got to take woke back. Like, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why we ever let them just turn that to a dirty word. Why did we, <laughs> you know? They're they're mad about the flag, you know. The, I mean, the the rainbow flag. You know, conservatives are upset because they that was their love letter from God saying He'd never flood right. the earth. He set it on fire, and we we turned that flag and turned it into mind your own business and love everybody. And they hate us for that. And so I guess them taking woke is like their revenge, you know? Right. Because I loved I loved that Stay Woke song. You know, mm-hmm. and then like every other person on Fox News and Ron DeSantis is decrying the wokes. Florida's where woke <laughs> goes to die. Like, I mean, and look who died. And, and look, people are killed, you know, right. like people are murdered. So we're, we're not far from the 60s, y'all. Like we're, yeah. we're not far. We're not far from the 50s and the 60s and the 40s and the 30s and the 20s and the 10s and the 1890s and 1880s. We ain't far from that. Do you, and, do you think it's a bit? Do you think hard. it's a bit of um, a bit of uh, 
of um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a little bit of, I guess, maybe Schadenfreude or whatever that I'm getting simply because of the fact that a giant 100-year-old tree fell on the governor's mansion. Thankfully, nobody was hurt, but, you know, in Florida. Where was this? <laughs> in Florida. No way. Yeah. Well, look, I storm. believe in spooks. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's safe it's safe for me to say I, I do believe in ancestors. I do believe in I do believe the spirits of those that pass us, you know, they might they might be trying to give us some messages from the other side. I like to believe that. I'm not telling anybody that's the truth. I'm just telling people that's that's my choice to believe in those little things. It gives me a sense of peace and I throw some shade and Freud on mm. that tree falling and being like, hmm, some people had something to say about that, namely Mother Nature, you know, but, you know, the Lord yeah, I mean, speaks in mysterious ways. According, according to the news, nobody was injured, so good. I'm glad nobody was injured at that, but, you know, it's just uh, gigantic. It was split in half, and then half of it fell on the governor's mansion in Florida, so, you know. Maybe well, Mother Nature Mother I, Nature trying to give Florida a lesson, don't, don't have a hateful governor, right? Since they always, they're always the one that likes to say that, that God is trying to punish so-and-so, like New Orleans, for having, you know, gay people for Katrina decadence. or whatever. You know, decadence. Lord, yeah, so yeah. that's, that's so, so maybe we could say, you know, Mother Nature was trying to punish Florida for Ron DeSantis and his ridiculousness. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, you can interpret reality. The great thing about America is we can say whatever we want and interpret reality however we'd like, and we can vote whatever lunacy we desire to into the most high seat of power. And <laughs> that's how a, we got Trump. <laughs> exactly. You see, you caught it. You caught it. I alleyed that to you. <laughs> yes. We're free. We're free to have an idiocracy. And so, you know, if we want to think that the that the forces that be, the natural, spiritual, ancestral forces that be wanted to tell Mr. DeSantis, sir, I think you need to kind of have a come to Jesus moment and calm down. Calm down, sir. The, the, the gays and the liberals aren't trying to kill you, but you might be getting people killed talking to crazy unfortunately, Dr. Dawkins. Unfortunately, he would probably read it as Jesus and probably would send him to Martha's Vineyard. So, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. We got to fight him. We got to fight him for woke and we got to fight him for Jesus. Yeah. You know, I mean, Jesus so. was a liberal y'all. Yeah. I mean, by, de- by well, definition, every single one of their heroes with the exception of Donald Trump is a straw man of, of what the hero actually was. Even Ronald Reagan is a straw man of what they think he was. Like if you go back and look at what Ronald Reagan did, like over the course of his president, like Ronald Reagan, like gave a speech where, or his like debate. Have you seen the debate between Ronald Reagan and George Bush senior, where they were talking about how you have to be compassionate to the people who are crossing the border, looking for jobs in America. Like it's, it's amazing. No, how, what watch. did he say? What did our boy Reagan say? Reagan and Bush were just basically talking, agreeing with each other about how you have to be compassionate with the people who just want to come over here and work. Like, like, you, you, you yeah. would have like people today look watching that video and being calling them a bunch of liberal commies. Like Reagan gave 12 million people. Uh, he signed a law 12 that gave 12 million people who were here undocumented amnesty. Like he did a lot of things that they like to conveniently forget. Now I'm not going to say Ronald Reagan was a good person. I mean, he was still a piece of garbage. I mean, listen, I love but... the rapper killer Mike. Ronald Reagan cooked up a horrible answer for the black community in America and is like single-handedly responsible for millions of children growing up without relatives due to a, a, an insane war on a plant. 
Right. You know, you want to talk about not having the government in your business, letting the free market handle it. America never was willing to do that with substances that have mind-altering properties. So, I mean, there's a hypocrisy to their libertarianism on the conservative side when you have people um, rotting and dying in prison for distributing a plant medicine, you know, that now the state of Louisiana is making buku money on. So I'm yeah, glad to hear still, that. People are still Ronald in jail. Reagan yeah, I'm still now. People still in jail, but you know, we we can sit here and 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 I could Let's I can I can eat an edible if I wish if I wish if I wish to I can get I can get a well it's not a card in Louisiana but I can get a I can get a referral or or whatever it's called and, oh. and go to a dispensary and and have an edible or get myself some flour or a joint and and enjoy while other people still rot in prison for their doing it illegally. Mm. Well, while we're while you're letting me pontificate and tell the sweet people of Louisiana where I stand on politics, that shit pisses me off so much, Dan. I too, I too went and told a doctor. You know, doctor, sometimes I get sad sometimes, and um, my doctor wrote me a nice letter basically saying sometimes Miss Gandalfi gets sad sometimes, and I got to pay another doctor about $125 to put my name in a list that made sure that I could go to one of like what five freaking pharmacies around here and purchase a plant that my grandfather went to prison for in the seventies when my grandmother was pregnant with my dad. Thankfully mm. my grandfather was in the freaking mafia. So he got out in three years, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but a lot of people's grandfathers and fathers and brothers and uncles and relatives and mothers and sisters did not have that fate and now we're just acting like everything's chill. I'm like, we are the incarceration capital of the world. Right. Not just the, the nation, world. the world. Yes. I'm Louisiana. Sorry, the world. Yes. We have more people in prison than anywhere else in the world. And we are now just selling marijuana cash only in a pharmacy that I have to pay $125. I'm going to tell them to come lock me up right now. Cause I got friends who are broke dying of cancer and I'll go stop by the pharmacy and pick them up a bag, you know, cause I want them to have, you know, the safe, good LSU ag center stuff, but they're living on social security and they can't afford, you know, that $125, you know, to like get on the list. It's, it's just a level of egregious violence and hypocrisy for them to basically decide, well, it is a medicine, but everybody that's locked up for being a medicine man ain't getting out, but we are going to control the market so tight and limit the amount of people who can economically benefit from producing and distributing marijuana. They've created right. a racket. They've created a freaking racket. They, 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 you had to already have a pharmacy. I'm like, I'm sorry, sir. The thing that we should have done when we decided to get our heads out of our assholes when it comes to marijuana is we should have made a list of every single person in jail who was a nonviolent drug offender and offer that person fucking 40 acres and a bag of seeds and a grant to start a farm. That's what yep. we should have done if we had any level of kindness, compassion, or respect, any union justice or confidence in us. We would have immediately liberated those that we have withheld from their families, from life, from liberty. People that sell marijuana are entrepreneurs in the same way my great-grandpa, who was working like at a speakeasy, was a businessman. You know? Yep. Like we look at prohibition and what happened when America said – all right, I guess the government can't tell you not to take that. Y'all all like taking that. Y'all like drinking that. Well, I guess we can't lock you up for it anymore. Shit. 
So everyone that's already making it, you guys just go ahead. Y'all go ahead, get your liquor license. You know, you've been opening speakeasy. It's a bar now. We didn't do that for pot. We did not do right. that for marijuana. And that's a sin. And that's a crime. And I'm just one crazy lady that thinks that we should do something different. I don't know. I've, I've, I've said the same thing on this podcast, a very, or at least something very similar. I basically said we need to let everybody out. And then I, my, my idea was if you taxed it, use some of those tax to pay reparations to the people who were locked Absolutely. up for, for, to, to the non, for the nonviolent crimes of that were involved in the marijuana distribution or whatever that they were locked up for, the, even the simple possession of it that they were locked up for. And, and then, you know, even perhaps uh, enable them to get in on those, you know, businesses to enable them to be able to sell the product and make profits off of what they were doing before. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a completely 100% agreement with you on that. And then we talked about this before. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm for, you know, that that's one form of reparations that I don't think it's talked about enough is that it is the reparations for the people who are unjustly and wrongly locked up for, for these war on, on drugs that for people who are just doing something to their own bodies that doesn't affect anybody else. Now, if you, murdered somebody or harmed somebody whilst doing it, then that's a whole different ball of wax. And fine, you know, yeah, rot in jail because nobody told you you had to murder anybody. But if you're, if you're just in there for, for just selling or using, no, you know, that you shouldn't be in there, especially if we're now allowing people to sell and use without yeah, allowing people to sell and use marijuana. Yeah. And, yeah. and now there's still people in Angola that are making leather belts for two cents an hour. That ain't right. Right. I'm sorry. Nope. Uh, Jesus ain't down with it. Y'all like, nope. I mean, ever, you know, Jeff Landry wants to talk about faith, family, Jeff, he's one of us. And I'm like, I'm sorry, sweetheart, but <laughs> I don't know who you pray into, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not feeling like Jesus is down with what's going on in Angola right now. I, I don't know. Maybe you and I got like we got a different Jesus on the line, mm. but no. I told you about the Jeff Landry not. commercial, right? The problem that oh, I the, no. the, the weird the weird wording about the Jeff Landry commercial that plays on the radio. Like, what does he, he say? To, I got to do a radio commercial tonight. Well, it's 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 not him, but it's a spokesperson who talks about how Louisiana needs a new direction. But the words are We've too. We've been on the same damn direction for three hundred years. But but, <laughs> but the words are too are, are too close together, and it says we need a new direction. So it sounds like nude erection. Stop it! Say it again, please. Play it again. We need a new direction. A new direction. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff. You subliminal <laughs> cocksucker, all right? <laughs> you, you son of a bitch. You're yeah, playing so. mind tricks with people. It's so disrespectful. Yeah. I so know, disrespectful. We've got to get the library lady, Connie Phillips in St. Tammany, that's spending half of her life banning books to get, get that new direction com- commercial <laughs> off. <laughs> like, Connie, you've been working so hard making sure kids don't learn about black people and gay people. Why don't we get you on this commercial? We got to get this yeah. off the air, girl. Can you, can it, you it complain is, hard it is enough? Macro, it is it is just disgusting and pornographic. Jeff Landy talking about pornography. Yes, new direction. New direction. That's hilarious, <laughs> dude. Good catch. Well, I'll have to make sure that my campaign commercial is tippy top, tippy top. I yeah. have to make it a country song. <laughs> 
Well, I have. Um, I, I I'm I'm pretty good. If you want to, you know, if you if you need to reach out and about putting, I'm pretty good at putting together a um, thirty second blurbs of of campaign commercials together. I I'm pretty good at it. Did you happen to listen to the first half hour? I did not. I, I was okay. manically cleaning my house and praying. Fair enough. See the for a while, like back. I'll play it again for the listeners again. Back during COVID. Um, and when they ran, they did Sturgis during COVID. And um, I came up with this idea that I was going to make this fake establishment called Liberal Dance Chopper City. And because everyone died because of COVID going to Sturgis because they, it was a super spreader, I was able to get all of these motorcycles for free or for cheap. And I was able to pass on the savings to everybody. Um, and so I so Liberal Dance Chopper City is now a, a fake establishment that I do ads for. Um so this is a 30 second ad that I did because um, I, whenever I find something funny, I'll do um, I'll do something like this one. I was making fun of the guy, the guy's last name who asked for the for the speedy trial. Uh, his last name is Cheesebro. Did you hear that guy's in Georgia? Who no, wanted, who wanted, no. The, the guy in Georgia, one of the guys who was indicted in Georgia um, wants to have his trial be quick. Like he wants he wants his trial in, to start in October. And his last name is Kenneth Cheesebro, and I'm like, there's got to be something funny there. So I, I made I made a fake commercial just earlier today. It took me t- ten minutes to do this. We well, don't. Liberal Dan Chopper City is back, and while Trump tries to get away with stealing elections, we got some steals for you. Some trying to delay their trials, but others want to get them over as quickly as possible. In honor of them, we invite all you bros down to try one of our brand new choppers. Give them a speed test. If you get the fastest speed, you'll get to bring home a dozen wheels of cheddar. We're calling it the Liberal Dan Chopper City Cheese Bro Speedy Trial. And in 2023, anyone can be a bro. Man, women, non-binary, gender non-conforming can all come down and try you a Harley today. Liberal Dan Chopper City is a fictional establishment, and we're not really giving away free cheese. So there you go. <laughs> Dang, bro. <laughs> you just changed my my life. But there's so much information. I was going to sing like a cute little country song or something. I don't know. I was going to be like. Anyway, if, oh, if, so if you want to reach out after the show and if you, if you need help with wording and stuff, I'm more than happy to help you help with wording or whatever. You know, if, you, if you're, if you're going to do a, um, you know, are we making like a 30 second ad, 60 second ad or whatever, or like, where are you putting it? Well, I, I paid for 30 seconds. It's going to be on the North Shore radio station. Um, it's going to be on like 104.7. It's going to be like on the Cajun country so I don't know. I was gonna, uh, I don't know. I was gonna bust out the old guitar. You know, everybody was loving that that Richmond guy. You know, like, you know <laughs> nice. finally understanding the need for a livable wage. I was like, shit, we should have so, been using country music. The liberals got to make so instead of what north of Richmond, just southeast of Baton Rouge. Yeah, <laughs> south of Baton Rouge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will try. I'm going to send it to you first, though. I'll send it to you All first right. for sure. Awesome. Look forward to hearing it. Anyway, is there anything else you want to you want to talk about with the campaign before uh, heading off and working on that? Everybody, go run for office, y'all. <laughs> Just do it. You know, like uh, we need another party, Dan. We cannot be living in this two-party craziness. I mean, look, I, I, me and my wife have, have have said repeatedly, like, especially in Louisiana, with how, I mean, the party head here and how she worked against um, Gary Chambers with that, ridic- with that ridiculousness when he was running and 
he did every they oh, they I'm changed so the rules on that. him when he changed yeah so that was so ridiculous that. yeah and Ooh, Lord. yeah and him uh i was i was i ranted about that one a good bit and i almost had the opportunity like if i would have if they would have known like there's a local cider establishment i always i have a little thing where it's like buy me a cider if you go to liberaldan.com you can buy me a cider it's like five bucks and you know instead of buy me a coffee because i don't like coffee just buy me a cider and so, I've tried coffee. I've tried all different forms of coffee. I just can't do it. I just, for some reason, I, no matter how much flavoring or sugar or whatever you put in, I just can't do it. Tea is fine, but cider, no. Yeah, but, I mean, coffee, no, but the cider. But apparently, she, the head of the party was at the cidery. And, and I was like, oh, if I would have only known, I would have loved to just walk in there and be like, so, you're the head of the Democrat Party. Right? Tell me about what you did with Garrett Chambers. <laughs> I'd love to hear that, but like well, I would love to thing. be able to be Some like, people... let's make an alternate party that would that would caucus with the Democrats nationally, but is not the Democratic Party here because y'all suck. <laughs> well, we we got to get it together. We have got yeah. to one. We got to support just one Democrat. Like no more of this double Democrat in the race. Like we need to kind of calm down with that stuff. You know, like I mean, look, if it's going to be a two party system. Don't play the game dumb. Don't right. put two Ds versus one R, madam. I mean, I don't care. You know, people get into this thing where they're like, I don't think that person can win, or I don't think that person could win. So let's just sabotage it and make sure they don't. You know, and I'm finding that there's this self-fulfilling defeatist pro- prophecy that's happening in Louisiana, and I'm doing the left, you know, but people that just want the government to mind their own business and provide basic services you know, and want to see a level of compassion and respect for diversity, we just feel like this ain't our country, like this ain't our homeland. Like, but I'm sorry, mm-hmm. like Louisiana's liberal, all right? Like, look at the, look at Mardi Gras. You can't tell me that that's a conservative holiday. Like, y'all get out of here. Right. We wild, right. we are wild down here. We are not conservative. Y'all need to stop. Just because you eat fish on Friday a couple weeks out the year, you know, and want to tell everyone what to do with their bodies, you know, that, that don't necessarily make you like conservative. And what are you conserving? What are you holding on? We conserve in the environment. I'll tell you that right now. I mean, if, if conservative meant you conserve the ecosystem, I'd be a conservative right now, but we believe that we can't win. And so we never do. And people yeah. say, you can't say this. You can't say that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. You can say whatever you want at this point. You know, there's like a, a figurative glass case and inside that case is the F word and, and politics just needs to break the glass, like break in case of emergency after Trump said grab him by the pussy. And after Kennedy said you can call a crackhead, I committed to myself that I would never temper my voice. I would never try to appease everyone. I would never try to fake who I am because if these jackasses can say whatever the fuck they want, then anyone can. And I would like to thank them for that. But they need to get the hell out of here. I agree, hundred percent. And look, I, I, I think I think rant. you get me on here. No, I'm going rant. No, no, no. Look, look. You, it's good radio. It's good radio. It's good, good podcast. It's, it's good. You know, you, you. I, I want somebody. We need more people out there who are going to speak their mind and going to fight them and get you know and get their hands dirty and and not put up with their BS. And 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 we need more of that. And I. You know, and I, I honestly do think that there is something to be said about the fact that you can't just 
tiptoe around the the hard issues. I think there are, there are reasons why we have so many people who don't vote, and that's because people don't see people like them running and don't see a reason to get out and vote. And maybe if they did, they would. And I think you may very well be somebody if if they see you and they see you being real and your authentic self, that maybe they can get out there and say, oh, well, this, this, you know, my Zell person is, is harming the things that we don't want her to harm with this, you know, carbon capture BS. And we, 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 we want to, we, we can side with, even if they don't agree with you on, on some of the issues, even if they don't agree with you on abortion, they might at least stand with you on the, I'm pretty sure that Jeff would agree with you that conservative host, which I'm going to email him later today and be like, Hey, you need to get her on. Uh, I, I'm sure he'll absolutely 100% agree with you on the carbon capture thing. He doesn't like that idea to begin with in the first place. So um, Look, I got a conservative family. I'm going to hug a conservative every day till the day I die. You know, I, I got conservative grandmas and mothers and fathers. Like, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, if you don't like abortion, don't have one and don't knock right. anybody up to put them in a position to have one. But then also mind your own damn business. And don't tell anyone else what to do with their body. And if you want the government to mind its own business, then I'm your girl. If you want the government to put doctors in jail, I'm not your girl, period. Right. Like, we just ain't never going to agree on that. You know, so it's not about whether or not someone's pro for abortion or not. It's whether they are pro locking up a doctor. You want to lock up a doctor for helping a woman in need? Vote for Beth Mizell. You don't want to raise the minimum wage? You want poor people to make seven twenty-five an hour? You know, at a, quote, you know, low-skilled job, then you can go ahead and vote for this woman. She's completely sponsored by oil and gas, the Right to Life movement, and the major industries absolutely adore her. Go ahead. Vote for her. But I swear to God, Dan, I do believe that there are more people in my district that want the government to mind its own business, that don't want carbon capture projects, that do want a higher minimum wage, that do want access to health care, that do want to have respectful schools. Like, I, I guarantee you there are more people that want that. The problem is they just don't vote. There's 120,000 eligible voters in my district. 44,000 showed up four years ago for the last election. Mm. 44 out of 120. That's a damn shame. So instead of me saying, oh, I got to get 50,000, 60,000, 70,000 people to vote for me, the the consultants that be say, well, you got to get 20,000, 20,000 out of 120,000, and I could become a senator? That's ridiculous. More people are going to have to decide to like me than that if I get this job. Right. Beth Mizell had, I think, somewhere around like 21,000 people vote for her. 20,000 people in Louisiana put this person in a position of power where she's one out of 39 rule makers. And she has been massively instrumental in controlling the uterus of every single woman in this state and her life and her health and her future and her choices. And it's just, that's where we, that's where republics get dangerous, you know? Right. Is when the so few people have so much power over so many. And I don't care if you're liberal or conservative, that's got to disturb you on some level. You know, and so that's why I just I'm not listening to any political advice people are giving me in terms of, you know, 
say your talking points. Don't talk about abortion so much. It's like, look, if they're going to, if they want to lock up a doctor, then they're not going to vote for me. I'm not talking to them. They can go vote for her. I'll tell you her name, Beth Mizell. You can go look her up and vote for her. But if you don't want to put doctors in jail, and if you do want to provide like people with the basic freedom of choosing when to become a parent, you know, it's just, there has to be an option and people have to know. And unfortunately with politics, it costs money. It costs a lot of money to get your name out, to stand out above the noise. And that's where it's not a very democratic system because what happens is who's ever got the most friends with the most money can run the best game. I've raised like probably $10,000 in this process and my opponent I'm sure is raising half a million right now. I'm sure. <laughs> Off of my campaign ad. Okay. I'm sure she's busting <laughs> ass. <laughs> she probably wants to hug me. You know, Beth, if you're ever listening, I bet I helped you raise a lot of money, girl. <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, she already has the capital to, you know, basically send an email or a letter to every person that she knows would possibly vote for her in her district. She's got the money to do that. She's When she started this race, she had about like $70,000. Right. You know, and and they tell you when you run for office, they're like, all right, calculating television time, calculating how much it costs to put those damn mailers in the mail, the freaking robocalls, the auto text. They're like, you're looking at about ten dollars a vote. It's about mm-hmm. ten bucks a vote. I'm like that. That's crazy. Right. That means it is. one needs to have two hundred thousand dollars to try to tell twenty thousand people in an eligible voter district of 120,000 people who you are, like we have the internet, right? Like, I mean, there's got, there's got to be a better way, Dan. I've said that repeatedly. There's no reason why in the age of the internet, why you shouldn't just need the, the, like a website, a YouTube channel, some other social media and the ability to walk around and talk to people. Because voters should be able to just go up and look up the vote, look up their candidates, look up their websites, watch some videos, and then go and, and meet, with, meet with the people where they're going to be. Because that's, that, should, that should be all you need to do. But unfortunately, there are many voters who are lazy. <laughs> well, we also just don't believe, right? Like, you know, people are paying a lot of money in property taxes. People pay a lot of money in sales taxes. People pay a lot every day. Working class people pay a lot of money into the system, and they don't get shit for nothing out of it. Right. They get shitty schools, shitty lunches, uh, an underfunded police force. We get an underfunded medical system. So people are just over it, right? Like They're like, what the fuck does it make a difference if I show up or if I don't show up, you know? Right. And people are they have the right to be disenchanted with the system. I'm not judging people. Well, why don't these people come out and vote? I mean, it's shocking. It's freaking shocking how few people show up to vote. But, you know, I don't know. We're going to keep on trying to do this Democratic Republic game here. You know, keep on pulling the lever at the casino <laughs> of, of, the, of the Democratic Republic being like, God, just give me universal health care. Come on, come on. Let me just yeah. grow marijuana in my front yard and sell at the farmer's market. Come on. I'll pay tax. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Only thing on yeah. school. <laughs> come on. It's like there's just no political imagination anymore. Um, and if you do have political imagination of what's possible, people think you're crazy. And, uh, and the establishment sure as hell 
won't won't give to you to help you get out there. So, you know, the thing that I would like to say is if you've if you've listened this far, please just share my shit on social media for the love of God. <laughs> And and if you if you got an extra ten bucks twenty bucks to throw my way, ask you know send it and and ask a couple people that you know would buy me a coffee. Help me send a couple twenty two cent thirty cent postcards, you know, to the people in my district who I think need to know that there is a chance to make abortion again legal again, you know, to start. But there's also a chance to do a much more compassionate public policy agenda in Baton Rouge because I think people are tired of using the legislature to like bully gay people and uh, strip people of their civil and uh, civil liberties and human rights. I mean, there's the the legislature has got to be for something different than this. Um, One of the things I like to jokingly say is that like Rome did not get aqueducts arguing about togas, Right. you know, right. (laughs) We waste our time. Not, I mean, not only are we harming people and shaming people and shouldn't on people and creating wars where, you know, the people that cry out, you know, they're, they're trying to indoctrinate our children. It's like, ma'am, you, you just put in God. We trust in every class and we don't even know what God, you know, you're talking about, <laughs> you know, like who's indoctrinating who here. All right. Like, well, if we're not... I don't know. Louisiana's just wild, Dan. We're wild. We're absolutely wild. But I, I believe that we're far more liberal or at least liberated in our thinking uh than we'd like to admit. I would hope so, and I hope I hope I hope we'll see that in, in the upcoming results in the upcoming election. So um <laughs> if you go to my Twitter account, Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter, I did retweet from your Twitter account over there. But also, okay. if you go to BritForLouisiana.com, uh, all, of her, all of Brit's social media is down at the bottom of the page. I've linked to it uh, from LiberalDan.com for the, on the show thread. Um, it's linked to from the YouTube page. It's linked to from the Blog Talk Radio page as well. Um, so anybody who needs to do there, any, any last words before we uh, head off? Yeah, everybody in the comment section freaking out. I mean, calm down, you guys. <laughs> calm down. Somebody like cry out for Jesus when the devil has his knee on your neck. Oh my lord, just relax, honey. Relax. I cry out to Jesus every morning when I got to wake up and do the dishes in this crazy ass place. You know, you worry about your Jesus, I worry about mine. Um That's Wes. <laughs> Wes, Wes is one of my big supporters. He he's a good guy. Wes, Wes is a good guy. So, all right, all right. We love you. We love you, Wes. Right. I'm just busting your balls. I'm busting your balls. <laughs> we love Apologies. That's Apologies. Wes gives it as good as he gets, too. So we're, we're all good. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, Wes, sometimes Wes might also be a little bit intoxicated sometimes on dirt when he calls, when he, when he posts, too. So you never know. It's a mixed bag well, with Wes. Well, you know, haters going to hate. Lover's gonna love. I'm gonna do all of the above. Actually, no, I'm just gonna stick I'm with still love. I'm still on my phone, not that drunk. So fair enough. Okay, not that drunk. Maybe a little. Anyway, anyway. God so bless. thank you so much for calling yes, in. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me so long. Um, I thought I was oh. gonna try to get in, get out for 30 minutes, but you, you let me have the mic, and you know, I just proved that I got what it takes to pull a filibuster if we need it. There you go. So. 
yeah, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you want to have talk about anything specifically or just want to chat, just let me know. You can call in and be more than happy to have you. And um, good luck with everything. I look forward to hear that hear that new ad that's coming out. Brett okay. for Louisiana.com. <laughs> it's Britt, y'all. Britt for Louisiana.com or Gundolfi, G-O-N-D-O-L-F-I. You know, you can go either shed some love or shed some hate on my campaign videos, but I don't know. We'll we'll find out October 14th uh, how many people are going to come out and vote. So, Dan, thank you so much. And I'm going to go share the link to this site everywhere on all my stuff and hopefully see you soon. All right. Have a good one. Okay. Take care. Bye. All right, again, that's Britt for Louisiana.com. Britt, B-R-I-T-T-F-O-R, Louisiana.com. And the link is everywhere. It's on liberaldan.com on the show thread. It's on the YouTube page for this for this as well. It's on the Blog Talk Radio page, all that good stuff. So, again, I want to thank Britt for coming on the show. Uh, Wes is still on the line, so let's uh, shoot over. And we got Wes. Wes has been holding on patiently. Um, didn't want to make him hold on for one more day. Things will go your way. Hold on for one more day to quote uh, Wilson Phillips. How are you, Wes? Hey, buddy. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can't. I can't hear myself. I can hear you though. But so okay. that's good. And right. I wasn't gonna fight with a bitch. I just thought <laughs> Wes, she went wrong on. in a few places. No, and and if she really wants to win, I think I could kind of show her where she was going wrong. Well, where do you but, think she was going wrong? I mean, I might disagree with you, no. but you could say where she was going wrong. Okay, abortion. Right. It's an emotional thing, and so many people... And I've told the story about my mom so many times. She had a toxic, um, what do you call it, miscarriage inside of her, growing, you know, like after about five months, it didn't grow anymore, but it was still inside her. Right. And a few months later, it was killing her. Right. Okay. It was, it, and she was, I, she was a seminarian, if you understand that. She was right. studying, she was studying religion. And so was my dad. He was a minister. And they were just determined that they were not going to kill this thing that was killing my mom. Okay. Right. Right. But she was in the hospital. She was, you know, she was sick. And they waited until the doctors could tell my mom that the baby, the heart wasn't beating anymore. The, the fetus's heart wasn't beating. And they finally took it out. But it still haunted my mom that they called what they did after the fetus died, they called it an abortion. And my mom was so much against abortion or thought she was so much against abortion, she didn't understand. It's 
it's something that happens all the time. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, like I, I had a friend of mine and a former friend of mine who, um, unfortunately, um, she never thought that she was going to be able to get pregnant and she wound up getting pregnant, but then she unfortunately had a miscarriage and, and she was getting very frustrated over the fact that miscarriages are referred to as spontaneous abortions because she has been, she was raised here and raised conservative and raised to believe that abortion is such a dirty, bad word that to have her miscarriage exactly. be referred to as a spontaneous abortion was just so horrific to her. And that I was just like, but it's a med- it's the medical, it's the medically appropriate term to refer to it as. That's the, that's the medical term. And she was so mad that I was just insisting that that's, that's the way to call it, that she actually just unfriended me over that simple thing. When all I was just trying to do was say, look, I, I, I feel sorry for that. And this is like not just, this wasn't like shortly thereafter. I, w- I wouldn't have done this like immediately after I the miscarriage. Like this is like a year, I think, after the miscarriage. And it was just like. Look, I understand we've dealt right. with the miscarriage too, but I mean that we've lived in this society that has that hey, Mike, has. Mike, go ahead. No, I'm just agreeing with you mostly. Um, it's a it's the word, it's it's the idea that you're killing a baby rather than something that's killing you. It, it's just wait, okay. All right, I drink, I smoke, I don't care. So did Jesus, and he's my Savior and my Lord and my whatever. I love you, Dan. I don't care if you're Jewish. (laughs) But that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. Well, actually, if you want to if you want to if you want to bring Judaism into it, which is the interesting thing is like I don't understand how Christianity, if Christianity is supposed to be an offshoot of Judaism, I don't understand why Christianity differs so much from Judaism on the topic of abortion. You know, Christianity considers a life to begin at conception uh, as, as <laughs> at the point where the like Judaism doesn't consider that. Judaism considers like the embryo to be mere water. Judaism does not consider a fetus to be the same thing as a born person. Judaism does if, if Judaism is, it says that if you have the situation that your mother was in, that you not, not only are you allowed to abort to terminate the pregnancy, but you're required under Jewish law to terminate the pregnancy because you're required exactly. to save your own life in that case. So I don't understand why. I don't understand why there's such a differentiation between Ju- – that's why I reject the term Judeo-Christian, because that, that's just one of many no, stark differences. No, don't do that. We've got to include Muslim. <laughs> we have to include uh, – uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I, don't, I didn't want to make this about religion at all. It's about the baby or whatever. You can call it whatever you want, the fetus. The potential person is part of the woman's body until it comes out of the woman's body. So if it is killing the woman's body, or in my, in my brain, because I have dealt with a certain amount of mental illness, uh-huh. I think that if it is driving the mother or the person carrying the fetus crazy and she wants it gone 
it should be gone. Agree, 100% agree. You're you're spot on, 100% correct with that. We well, yeah, I agree with you totally. Yeah, if 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 if, yeah, if it's causing the pregnancy is causing harm, right? If the pregnancy is causing harm, and and unfortunately there are a lot of people out there, conservatives especially, that don't consider mental harm to be the same thing as physical harm, when in reality it is. Uh, mental harm it's is worse. real, and it, it it can very well be worse. And you absolutely should be able to you know, deal with that. And, and it should be none of government's business. It should be between you, the patient and your doctor. And, and one of the things that nobody talks about on the conservative side is that like 99.5% of all abortions take place before 21 weeks. Nobody's waiting until like the end, like, like nobody's nobody waiting for these. Nobody wants to lose a baby. Right. Right. Nobody, as Britt said, Britt said, nobody is going to wake up in one morning and be like, oh, yay, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go get pregnant and I'm going to go get an abortion because that's what I want to do. I want to go get pregnant just so I can get an abortion. Yippee. No one's doing that. No, no one wants okay, to do Dan, that. Yeah. Do you believe yeah. in mystical? Like the rapper? There, no, there are babies <laughs> coming that are so, so, so wanted right now. Uh-huh. Can I, I, I'll stop if you tell me. I really will. But if anybody prays, just pray for the babies that people want that have had so much trouble trying to have children. It is, it's stranger than you think. Well, there's, here's one thing that I found very weird and, and related to that is that I have had several people that I know who had such problems trying to conceive naturally that they just went ahead and adopted. And then, and I'm, I'm not saying this works for, this will work for everybody, but both of those no, people, I've heard, I, I know where you're going. Those, after they adopted, boom, they got pregnant. Why? Because the stress yep. was gone. The stress of trying to, the stress of just constantly trying and trying and trying to, 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 to conceive went away because now they had now they have adopted all that stress is away and now they have one of them adopted and now they have like three other kids on top of that because it it all the stress went away but i know those stories it has so much to do with mental it has to do with spiritual too but it's so it's so hard to describe the spirit or the and ghost is a bad word, but spirit, the holiness of your being, life. Sorry, I, mean, I okay, whatever. I mean, it's <laughs> fine, but we're we're getting into the metaphysical stuff now. Right? That's fine, but exactly, you know, whatever. But look. The bottom line is that you know, uh, for the for the most part on this on this topic, you know, I don't believe that Brit that Brit is what you called her. I mean, but I think that was just you being you. Uh, I don't, I don't think, think, think either. so either. Uh, right. I, that's, that's what I, said. I, I think I, I don't think you I think that either. I love you, Brit. I love you, Brit. <laughs> don't Brit. she diss me though? You she started it. Don't say she didn't. She didn't know how awesome you were. When she called that's, that's, me out on the radio. 
or I guess this isn't exactly radio, but it sort of is. It's, it's, it's blog talk radio. Talk it just happens to be streaming on, on, on YouTube. <laughs> but anywho, um, anyway, but we, it, at the end of the day, you know, I think you have it right on abortion as well. So, and you, you, you coming at you, but you have, you, you unfortunately <laughs> have, have the, you unfortunately have to come at it from, you, you, you have the unfortunate, I guess, if, if that's the best way to put it, experience of coming at it from that personal point of view. And it's unfortunate that, you know, that, that there are so many people who have to come at it from that unfortunate point of view. I had, I was going to say this earlier, but I, I guess I'll talk about it now. I had a friend of mine in high school and she got into a, Oh, now, now Britt's going to get me singing because, you know, now she's putting lyrics. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I do not feel ashamed. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to lose listeners now because I'm singing. Um, but you wouldn't want it any is a really good friend of my dear Benny Loco. Anywho. Um, so a friend of mine, blackbird singing in the dead of night, friend, friend of mine in high school, um, who at this point, and when we had this conversation was apparently had never had sex yet. And she was, took a very staunch pro-life position. Um, she was raised <laughs> Orthodox and Jewish and, um, and she was very staunchly against abortion. And I was at, I was in high school. I was, I was, oh, I've always been pro-choice. I've always been pro-choice. I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been against abortion Wilson ever. Phillips. So <laughs> I, well, I, as soon as you called in, I did Wilson Phillips for hold on for one more day. Um, I know. I know. Anyway, so. And then I came back from college my freshman year, I think over the summer, and we were talking on the phone, and she was like, I need to talk to you, Dan. And I was like, what? What's going on? Are you okay? And she was like, well, I need to apologize for you to you. I'm like, why? She was like, well, because I treated you really badly when, in an argument that we had. And, and uh, like apparently the first time she ever had sex, she got pregnant and then realized that she wasn't ready to have a child. So she got an abortion and I was like, I'm not mad at you. You, you were, you, you had, you had your belief and that's fine that you had your belief, but you know, you were faced with the situation and you had to deal with it. I mean, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad you made the decision that was right for you. And I'm, I'm glad you were able to make that decision that was right for you. And, and I'm not mad at you for making, I'm not mad at you for making that choice. And I'm not mad at you for, for, you know, for thinking that you would do differently if faced with that decision. I'm just glad you had the ability to do it. So, yes, Wes's giggles are very cute. Um, so I'm going to have to capture Wes's giggles and just play them on repeat. Just so we'll have, at some point we'll I'm have so to do sorry. some. I'm really sorry. That's Okay. We'll have to do. We'll have one of these days. We'll have. I don't know if I can do liberal band karaoke just on the air because I'm sure YouTube will just kick me off for it. But because um, I can't do, I can't. I mean, ben, I'm, I'm actually so good. Just keep going. I'm actually shook though that the 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 
that I actually, when I did the hypocrite of the week last week that had the kid rock Bawa to Bob behind it, I'm surprised that didn't get me a copyright violation. I'm surprised that that didn't even trigger any copyright flags at all. I was absolutely just shocked about that. See, Putin, abortion used to be a private matter until after later 1800s, men and women wanted control over birth. Well, abortion until the 1970s, uh, evangelicals couldn't care less about abortion until conservatives, Republicans were like, let's make this an issue. And the evangelicals were like, okay, we'll make this an issue. And then it became an issue. Because at that point, because uh, before then, they didn't care. It wasn't an issue that they that they thought about politically. Um, yeah, abortion is 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 a matter. It's a matter of, of of health. It's a matter of autonomy. It's a matter of you know, people making their own decisions about their own bodies. And, and I'm very I'm very staunchly about making sure that I'm not gender specific about it because I am aware. I am very make. I want to make sure that I always know and, and acknowledge that there are non-binary folks, there are trans men who also can get pregnant and who deal with these issues as well. So I don't want to leave them out of the conversation. I know some people, you know, want to want to frame, I'm never, I'm never going to tell a woman who says that it's a woman's issue that, that she shouldn't word it that way because it's personal to her, it's personal to women. And if it's her issue and, and I'm never going to tell her that she's wrong to say it's a women's issue. If you're a woman, it's your issue. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for it. But me personally, when I, as I'm describing it, it's not my issue. It's not my issue as, as, as a cis man. It's, it's never going to be my issue, but I'm going to be as, most, as, as inclusive as possible. So um, let's see. Well, anybody remember Dirty Dancing Plot or HBO's? Of these oh, absolutely. The Dirty Dancing Plot, all about you know, the, the, the whole sending him to a butcher or sending her to a, a butcher to whatever, to get the abortion, then he thought that, uh, whatchamacallit, Patrick Swayze's, uh, um, you know, was the one who was knocked her up or whatever, and he wasn't the one that knocked her up and everything, and then don't put baby in a corner and all that other stuff. But, do-do-do. Small government can neither fit in our bedroom or our doctor's office. Well, that's, my, my comment is usually if the conservatives want a government that's so small that it'll fit right up a woman's hoo-ha, or right up the hoo-ha, I should say. Um, that's, and that's why, that's why Trump wants to grab it because that he wants to control the government and that's where the, that's where the conservatives want government to be. So yeah, Trump is gone. He has to be gone. We can't think of him anymore. We just make, we need to make him disappear. He is a non-entity. Four trials, four trials has to do as do. And even though he thinks it's election interference, it's four trials. And so we'll have it is what it's it gonna is. happen, but yeah. <laughs> That's good. How did you do that? It is what it is. It really is. We can't control it. It's gonna happen. But the courts are not stupid. The courts are all intelligent and they are educated and they will they will control Trump if he if he starts um, if he starts terrorizing all the witnesses or the um, jurists or the judges or the attorneys you know the general attorneys that are prosecuting him he needs to go to jail and he knows that if he doesn't know that 
he has very bad attorneys. Whoops, I goofed, didn't I? I'm gone. Am I here? and make her drink it, and if she has a miscarriage, uh, then that proves she was unfaithful. Like, I don't know how that proves she was unfaithful. It is what it is. That it, it basically tells it is what it is. It is that. what it is. How can you get more, hey, this is, this is the Bible not saying that abortion is a bad thing. Use, a, use abortion as tested fidelity. I don't know how it works, but hey, you know, as, again, as Trump would say, as Trump would say, as Trump would say, I don't know what's going on about, can everybody hear me? Because I don't, I've lost my blog talk radio feed. Like, can everybody, let's see. Sounds like I'm going live. Like, I can see myself, but I don't, I don't, I don't hear Wes. Like, if Wes is talking, I don't hear Wes. Still here. Am I here? Hey, hey, hey! I am here. I am here. I am here. Let's see. Something's wrong with my feet. Let's see. Let's see. It is what it is. <laughs> it just keeps saying it is what it is. But I'm, I'm, I hit, I'm hitting my. So you put it, Wes. So apparently. For some reason, the Blog Talk Radio, um, the Blog Talk Radio sounds were playing through the West, but for some reason, the Blog Talk Radio sounds were not playing through to the to the desktop. So let's see. Let's see. Let's see if we can hear West again, or if this is. Am I here? Hello. 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 Okay, it's, it's West's fault. And My West, fault. West could probably hear me talking, maybe, but I can't hear West talking if West is talking right now. So, get what you pay for, I suppose. Large audio. I'm here. I can't do it. Stop. I don't think I don't think we're going to be able to hear West. I think Blog Talk Radio. I think I think West broke Blog Talk Radio. I tried. I'm sorry. Let's hear another. Let's see. If I go to Patreon and I play the page, the music from Patreon. Will we be able to hear this?
so yeah, unfortunately, it just it does appear that my my clips are not working. <laughs> Brand new choppers, cheeseburgers, pretty trial, yeah. So y'all got to hear that like three times today because I played it for Brit. I played it at the beginning from from Blog Talk Radio, and I played it off. Now. It is what it is. 